This podcast may not be suitable for young listeners. We discuss very emotional topics and at times use grown-up language. Each episode could contain content that may be triggering to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to The Secret in My DNA. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Michelle Perret. The Secret in My DNA is a podcast where NPEs and MPEs can share their stories. NPE is an acronym for Not Parent Expected or Non-Paternal Event. MPE means Misattributed Parental Event. This means that we've discovered that at least one assumed parent is not our biological parent. In 2016, I found out I was an NPE after taking an ancestry DNA test, and suddenly life as I knew it was no longer the same. On this podcast, we share the experience of making our DNA discovery and what the journey has been like since. Most people cannot empathize or understand unless they've lived it. I find the podcast platform to be a wonderful way for us to come together as a supportive community in which we can heal from the trauma and take back our narrative by sharing our stories with the hope that this will help others to cope with their new life-altering truth. Welcome to episode five, In the Dark, Mindy's Story. My guest today is Mindy. Hi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. I was wondering if you could first tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Um, I currently live in North Carolina. We moved here um, almost two years ago. We have uh, moved here with my husband. We had originally been living in Um, New Jersey for many years, and then went to the Midwest, Indiana for many years, and then we ended up here in North Carolina after our kids were grown, Um, and we have five children. Two of them live here um, with us in North Carolina now, and um, the others are kind of spread across the country, and um, so we decided we were going to move somewhere we wanted to go once they grew up because they didn't want to live in Indiana anymore. So we thought, well, we're going to leave leave and go live somewhere fun. (laughs) And how do you like North Carolina? Um, We love it. We're really happy with the move. Wonderful. So now the way that you and I got in touch was um, when you reached out on Facebook after you heard my story on Lily's podcast. Um, There's this wonderful NPE uh, by the name of Lily who has a podcast called NPE Stories. It's awesome. Um, And so that's originally um, how you connected with me after hearing that story. You sent me a lovely email um, and I asked if you would be interested in sharing your story on my podcast and here we are. Yeah, um, I kind of just felt I related to you so much in your podcast. So I just felt the need to just reach out and tell you that. And then when you asked if I would share my story, I said, sure, I'm, I'm such an open book. I share my life probably too much with people. So I am always willing to share things like this. If, if it, if I know it can help someone else down the road, I'm happy to share what I went through if that can help somebody else. I'm so glad that you reached out and so happy to have you here with us today. 
Now, can you tell me when you discovered that you are an NPE and what your reaction was and all of the feelings you had that came with it? So I found out um, in June, well, kind of May of 2020, and then it was validated um, in June of 2020. I had absolutely no idea that this was any possibility in my life. I was um, 51 years old at the time. I'm 52 now. Um, Never had an inkling. I was completely in the dark about it. I happened um, one day in May to be talking to a cousin on my mom's side. And as we were hanging up the phone, she said, oh, you know, say hello to your parents for me because that's her aunt and uncle. (laughs) And I said, oh, have I not told you that we don't speak anymore? Um, Long story short, I had cut ties with my parents um, about a year and a half prior to that or two years prior to that. I don't know how I had never mentioned it to her, but um, there were just some things that my parents had said and done that were very hurtful over the years. And I got to a point in my life where my kids were grown up. My youngest was 18. Um, and I decided that I didn't need to be that bond between my parents and them any longer. They could have their own relationship with their grandparents. And I wasn't willing to feel that hurt and anxiety every time I had to see them or talk to them. And I was, I basically, I asked them for an apology and I asked them to work on our relationship and I was told no that they were not willing to do that. And I said that I was then going to walk away and they let me walk away and we're not very nice about it. And so anyway, I told my cousin that I said, I don't know how I haven't mentioned this, but you know, we don't talk. And my cousin just got very quiet um, on the phone and, and I could tell something was bothering her. And she said, um, you know, Mindy, I need to tell you something. I've been meaning to tell you for quite some time, but I just didn't know how. But now that you told me this, I feel like you have a right to know. And I said, okay, had no idea where this was going whatsoever. And she said, she just kept hemming and hawing and like, I don't know what to say to you. And she goes, do you want to know what this is? And I said, of course, you can tell me anything, you know, anything. I, I, didn't even know she was going to say something about me. I didn't know if it was about her, what it was about. And so finally, after some coaxing from me, she said, um, there's a family secret and you need to know. And I said, well, what is it? And she said, the secret is that your dad isn't your dad. And I just, <laughs> I stopped. And I go, what? I said, oh, okay. <laughs> That's uh, shocking. I said, I had no idea. Are you sure? And she said, well, that's what my dad told me. And, um, or her mom, I forget which one. And it was, her dad was my mom's brother. And she said the whole family knew and my dad, or they told me, and I was afraid to tell you, I didn't know how to tell you. And so I said, well, I'm going to buy an ancestry DNA test right now. And I said, um, my dad who raised me, his brother and um, niece, I knew were in the Ancestry DNA database. 
So I knew if I did took a test that I would either match with them or I wouldn't. And if I didn't, then I don't belong to that side of the family. And I still, I just kind of wasn't believing it. It's just kind of like, well, I'm going to, you know, just take this test and wow, that would be crazy if it really came true. But I just really didn't believe it was going to actually come true. And so I ordered, went on Amazon that night, ordered the test, you know, then it takes a few days to get there and then you send the test in and it takes weeks for it to process and you get the results and I'm waiting this whole time. And finally, one night I'm going to bed and it was like midnight and my phone dings. And so I look at it and it says, your results are in. It's okay, here we go. And so I opened it up and the very first two names that I matched with were close family relatives, but they were a name that I had never heard of before. And my um, father who raised me's family was nowhere to be seen. There was nobody with his last name, my, you know, his mother's maiden name, nobody. And so I said, holy cow, it's true. (laughs) Like this is, here's these people I've never heard of that. And there was, you know, so many people I'd never heard of because then all of their family. But what confused me, because again, I had no idea I was doing this blindly. I was completely in the dark about it, that what it said on my ancestry test was close relative dash dash first cousin. So in my naive frame of mind, I thought that meant that these were my first cousins not that they were in a category. I thought it was telling me they're a close relative, meaning they're your first cousin. So I reached out to them and I would have done it differently had I known what I was doing, but I just blindly said, hey, I'm trying to find out who my father is. We've matched. I think you're my cousin. Um, Would you be willing to talk to me? And one of them got back to me and he said, sure, I'm always happy to, um, to talk to family. Um, and you can message through Ancestry through the app itself. And that's how I was contacting him. He said, here's my phone number. So I said, okay. So I called him. And I was nervous, but I really wasn't too nervous because I really had no idea what I was doing and who I was talking to. And we're trying to figure out how we're related. And he goes, well, after you messaged me, I looked at your family tree and I know your grandparents. And I'm like, you do? He goes, yeah. He goes, I think our moms were cousins. So then I'm like, oh dear, how are we cousins if they were cousins? You know, I was so confused. He was confused. He was my age. And he said, I said, well, do you have an uncle that could be my dad? He goes, I don't think so because my mom was an only child. And I said, okay. I said, well, would your dad have a brother that could be my father? And he said, I don't think so because he lived hours away. It would just make more sense that it would be someone who knew your grandparents and we, they lived right there, you know, in the same small town. So we're back and forth. He goes, I'm going to ask my brothers and my sister and I'll call you back. And I said, okay. So in the meantime, I'm messaging my brother. I have one brother that I grew up with. He's younger than me. I messaged him and he's like, what are you talking about? I have no, you, 
this can't be true. Like there's, he just had no, he was even more shocked than I was, I think. And I said, well, DNA doesn't lie. (laughs) And here's these people who we've never heard of before that I matched with. Our dad's family is nowhere to be found. And I'm not the ethnicity that we were raised to believe I was. I'm something else. I'm Irish and Scottish. I thought I was Scandinavian. (laughs) So I said, I don't know what's happening. So we're back and forth. He doesn't know what to think. I don't know what to think. I'm now messaging my cousins who were from my dad's side that are in the ancestry base. And they're like, oh, we don't see you on here. You know, they looked at their results on their own. And so finally, I just messaged my mom. Remember, we don't talk. So I just sent her a random text. And I said, I've done a DNA test. I've determined that my dad is not my dad. Does dad know about it? And do you know who my real father is? And she wrote back and said, in not so nice a way, Mindy, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. I don't understand you at all. Remember, I haven't talked to her in a year, and that's her reply. Not, oh, what do you mean? You know, or just any, there was no questions from her. It was just, what is wrong with you? I never understand you. Like I was doing something wrong, causing trouble. And I said, well, I got this DNA test and I sent her my results with the names on it. And she goes, why are those people on your DNA results? I'm like, you tell me, I don't know who they are. And she goes, well, that was grandma's friends, kids. And, you know, I, I don't know why they're on your thing or whatever. And I said, well, I said, if you don't know and you can't help me, then I'm going to have to ask dad for a DNA test. And she just went silent. And so for a few hours, I didn't hear from her. And I finally messaged the brother I grew up with. And I said, you know, have you talked to dad? Because my dad was going over to his house. And he goes, yeah, he's going to call you. And I said, oh, does he know? And he goes, well, he does now. And I said, oh, gosh. I said, so mom basically went running to my dad when she went silent with me to tell him what was going on. Only she didn't tell him the real truth. She told him that I had done a DNA test and had discovered that he was not my father, but that she was just discovering this as well, that she had no idea and that this was as much a surprise to her as it was to us. That is not true because remember, this was a family secret. The reason I know it is because her brother told his daughter. How would they know if she didn't know? And um, But my dad chose to believe that. Even though I reminded him, I only know because the family knew. And I wouldn't know if they didn't know. So how can they know but mom didn't know? Um, so anyway, I then met messaged the person I contacted back that I had matched with. And I said, I think I've discovered who my dad is. It's your brother. And you are not my cousin. You're my uncle. And by this point, he had also messaged his family and had found out the same thing, that I was his oldest brother's child. 
So although that uncle is my same age or just a year or two older than me, his brothers and sister are 20 years older than him. So he was a late life baby, which was part of the confusion and why it, I automatically thought like, oh, first cousin, that makes sense. We're the same age. He's actually my uncle. So he said that my biological father needed some time and that he would get back to me at some point, that he was having trouble. He needed to talk over with his wife more and and he would get back to me. So that's kind of how it all unfolded. At the time I was shocked, but I was so confused of what was happening that it, the emotional side hadn't really hit me yet. Um, and because I was on the outs with my parents, I wasn't really sad about the news because I feel like I already went through the grief process of cutting ties with my parents. So I wasn't sad at that point about them, but the sadness came soon after with the reality and with the reaction of my paternal side of the family and also the reality of this family I grew up with wasn't really my biological family and some of them my grandparents would never know and that made me very very sad so that one was sorry I get a little emotional that one was harder to swallow than the rest of it because my grandmother was still alive. She just passed away last fall and at 96. So the fact that I kept this from her for half a year um, really bothered me. I feel very sad that they didn't know the truth my whole entire life and they loved me and I know that wouldn't have changed, but it still to me makes me sad that she didn't know the truth. I'm so sorry, Mindy. I'm fighting back tears for you here. Thank you. Would you classify your mother as a narcissist? I do. Um, She would probably be very upset with me for saying that. Um, She's a very emotional person. So she's very, comes across as, very caring and love, you know, like I love everyone, but her emotions are so over the top. Like she'll cry about anything, but it's just always a little extra. And, but then it's when you say or do something that she doesn't like, that's when the switch flips and she doesn't really, well, she does lash out at random people at times, but I always felt like I was walking on eggshells with her and my father who raised me, to be honest. Um, I feel like they treated me a little differently than others. Like they would lash out at me in private versus in public. And they don't treat my brother the same way as they did me or other people. So if I ever said anything, everyone couldn't wrap their head around like, what is she talking about? They're they're not like that at all. And so I just felt like I was crazy because... (laughs) I felt, you know, one way, but yet they portray themselves a different way. And nobody saw that other side of them, but me most of the time. So it was really hard for people to understand when I said I needed to walk away. And it still is hard, but their true colors have come out a lot more 
since I chose to walk away because that's very upsetting to them. It shows that there's vulnerability in our family and it's not perfect. They always want to show that we have the perfect family. Everyone's, you know, there's no no dirty laundry in there. And then it turns out there's a lot of dirty laundry. And I really think there's more to the story than I've even uncovered because the fact that they would let my whole family, me and my kids walk out of their lives and not fight for us tells me there's more that they're hiding from, but I don't know what that is yet. The fact that your mother went on immediate damage control after uh, being very defensive and gaslighting you. Yes. And then playing the victim herself and was able to so easily manipulate your birth certificate father and possibly other family members um, against you um, really speaks to the narcissism. It's a very common thing, unfortunately, my mother did the same exact thing. So when you describe, you know, what you went through and how your mother handled it, it's, to me, it's like you're describing exactly the behavior of my mother. And so I truly feel for you and my heart breaks for you because I really do understand how abusive that is and how traumatic that is um, to live through. And, and I just, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's, you know, that's why I walked away. <laughs> and this just proves how she's acted through this. Not only is she lying and I have proof of her lies and she's not admitting it, but I, I mean, I've known for a year and a half now, or not quite, a little over a year, not one time has she said, I'm so sorry. Not one time has anyone on her side of the family, other than two of my cousins, said, I'm so sorry, Mindy, are you okay? My dad, who raised me, his whole family, has been awesome. They can't believe this. And they're like, we're so sorry. You know, we love you no matter what. And, um, you know, they've acknowledged it. They're shocked about it. But I just want acknowledgement. Let, let's just deal with what we have. I'm not going to live as a little secret anymore. I'm not doing it. My whole life was a lie, apparently. I always felt like there was lies, but I didn't know what they were. I could never put my finger on it, but I always would say to my mom, like, why can't we just tell the truth? Like, why do we need to hide anything? Like, I, and I think I felt like some of that was her painting a picture of everything is perfect. I hated that. Um, very materialistic. I hated that. Not that I don't like n nice things, but I don't run my life around it. Like, I don't care if somebody doesn't have the nicest things. I don't need the name brand everything. I don't need all that. I don't care about that. That's not what I'm about. Um, and I don't need others to think things that aren't true just because it makes me look better. Or, I don't know. But she just always is about how much money they have or how, you know, what kind of nice things and um, so all that bothered me and I always felt like there was such untruth in all that. Like it wasn't a, who we really were. So now that I know the secret, I'm like, oh, it makes so much sense. Like in my soul, I knew something was wrong 
he said no idea what it was. I had no, I never once ever thought my dad wasn't my dad. Never. So finding out the truth just kind of was like an aha moment. Like, oh, that explains so much. Ken, what was your birth certificate father's reaction to now knowing that he is not your birth father? Um, it was very weird. So he called me that night that I found out, you know, like I said, my brother said he's going to call you. I said, that's fine. We don't talk, but I, I'll take the call. So I took the call and I'm all prepared for emotion. I'm thinking this is going to be a big, you know, cry fest. Like we're both going to get emotional. No, it, the conversation probably lasted five, 10 minutes. I answered the phone. He says, hi, Mindy, I'm still your dad. And he said it just like that. And he goes, you know, these things happen. Mom didn't know. It's a long time ago, but it doesn't matter. And I'm like, but mom did know. No, she didn't know. And I said, but my cousin told me that's how I know. And, um, so anyway, he was just kind of like, oh, these things happen and it's all good. Like, we're still going to be the same and, and okay, have a good night <laughs> and goodbye. So when you were conceived, was your mother with your birth certificate father at the same time and, and had an affair or had she been with somebody and then you know, very soon after that met your birth certificate father. How did this go down? So my mom and dad were high school sweethearts. Um, they, when they had me, they were only 19 years old. Um, my dad was a young student. So he, when he started college, he was still 17. So when he turned 18, he was in his first year of college. He went to school about maybe an hour from where they grew up. And my mom did not go to college. So they broke up when my dad went to college because he did not want a high school girlfriend or he didn't want a hometown girlfriend. He wanted to be free and in college. So his freshman year, he was, you know, alone or not with my mom. And then he came home for his freshman summer after freshman year. And that's when I was conceived, which I was probably conceived in July my birth certificate father, so my my grandmother and my birth certificate, certificate, or no, my biological father and my grandmother, my maternal grandmother, their families were not cousins. They were not related. My grandma and his mom were best friends in secretarial school. They met back in the day. They did just like a short kind of secretarial school, and they became close friends, and they stayed close friends and had children together. So my biological father is the same age as my oldest uncle. Then my next uncle was the same age as their next child. And then my mom was the same age as their next child, which was a girl. So they had two boys and a girl. And apparently they did a lot together as families growing up. So they were close family friends. So that summer that I was conceived, my mom went with my grandmother to visit them. And he my biological father was home visiting. So he is five years older, I think five or six years older than my mom. 
and he was home visiting his family because he, they lived, we grew up in Illinois. So they were in Illinois. My birth father had moved to California and joined the Navy and he was home visiting from California when my mom went to visit and they had a one night stand. And she told me, first she tried to tell me that she was underage and acted as if my biological father took advantage of her. And I had to remind her that she was not underage, that she was 19 when I was conceived. No, I wasn't. I go, yes, you were, because I was born when you were still 19, like barely. She was almost 20 when I was born. And she goes, was I? As if you forget when you have your first child. (laughs) And she knew she was 19, but she was trying to plant in my head that he had taken advantage of an underage girl. And that did not set well with me. And then she said that um, after that evening, she just blocked it out of her head. They had been drinking and she never thought of him again. She left there that next day and never thought of him again until the day I said, I found out that my dad is not my dad. And I later found out that was not true either. Well, wouldn't her age be on your birth certificate? It is. It's always been known that she was 19 when she had me. That was not a secret. It's always something we've known. So she was just trying to lie to throw me off. I don't know. We already knew the facts. But this is my mom rewriting history to make herself look better. And um, anyway, so my back to how my parents had were not together. She had this one night stand with my birth father. Obviously, she had been with my birth certificate father as well that summer for him to even think I could be his. So she wanted my birth certificate father to be my father, to be her husband, hopefully, whatever. And so she decided that she was going to tell my birth certificate father that she was pregnant with his child. And that's what she did. So he was 18 years old. She was 19. She told him in, you know, she had to get pregnant in, like I said, July or June, June, July, She probably found out in July. That's what I figured out. She must have found out in July. He was going back to college in August. So they ended up getting married, shotgun wedding in August. So he came home for the summer from break with no girlfriend, nothing, and went back to college in August with a married man with a child on the way. So she didn't really have an affair. She just was with both of them and then told, picked which one she wanted to be her father father of her baby. So my dad's whole life was a lie. His entire, they're still married today. His, you know, my, my paternal or my birth certificate grandparents thought that their son had to get married because his girlfriend was pregnant. And that's what happened. They married them off. My grandparents had to sign papers because my dad was only 18, that he was allowed to get married. And um, in their whole lives, they just thought I was their grandchild. And I wasn't. How do you feel about that? That's the part that tears me up. I mean, that and the missing out on my paternal family really hurts me. I'm, I'm very close to my friends and family. Like once, once I'm your friend or once I'm, you know, close to you, 
I'm one of those people that I keep in contact forever. Like I visit, I, I know your kids. I know, you know, like I just, that's me. I'm always keeping those relationships. So to now find out that I have another part of me that I didn't even know and all those people that I never knew makes me very sad that I don't know them. And it makes me very sad for my grandparents that raised me that, that it was a lie. And I I know they wouldn't have treated me any differently. They would have loved me the same. I don't doubt that. I just hate that they were lied to because I was very close to them. And it makes me think differently about my maternal grandparents now, the fact that they knew and kept this from everybody. That hurts me a lot. Um, it hurts me that nobody told me. So I feel like it, you know, feel just dumb. Not that I could have known, but I just feel weird. I Like I didn't matter enough to, for anyone to tell me the truth. Now that you know about a biological family that you knew nothing about, before making this discovery, do you mourn for the unlived memories? Oh, I mourn a lot. I have shed more tears this last year about that. Um, I do have a, a relationship started with my biological aunt. Um, she wants me in her life. So we're just slowly maneuvering through getting to know each other and social media friends, you know, to just learn about each other. And I am so appreciative of that, but I mourn not knowing them. And I, my uncles um, rejected me. My uncle or my biological father rejected me. Doesn't want anything to do with me. He had one phone conversation with me and that's all he wanted. And, oh, I, I cried a lot. And I'm 50, I was 51. I don't need a father. Like I don't, I don't need money. I don't need, you know, education. I don't need anyone to look out for me. I, I, I have everything I need. I just wanted to be part of their lives. And I had no, I had no idea that they wouldn't want the same. So I was blindly like reaching out to these people thinking they'd be like, oh my gosh, hi, you know, like, welcome to the family, like, because that's what I would do. So when they rejected me, it was so painful. And I just, I cried my eyes out. And my biological aunt was a little worried about me and said, you know, she really hoped I had some counseling. And I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Like, I do see a counselor about it. But I'm good. I'm not crying my days away. You know, it's just sad when something triggers me when when they rejected me, I cried. When I see pictures of them all together, it makes me sad. But it's just the the thought of what could have been that makes me sad. Just like if you lose somebody, you're sad when they're gone. And I feel like that's what, I feel like it's almost like a death, even though I didn't even know that they existed, you know, a year and a half ago. I still feel that loss. It's very important for us to be able to connect with and bond with the people who made us, no matter what age we are, whether we're infants or small children, teenagers, or completely grown independent adults that don't need anything from our parents anymore, monetarily or you know anything like that. It's still very important for us 
to have that emotional connection and to know where we come from and why we are who we are, because DNA is strong. It's very important for us to be able to look at that person and get to know that person and say, oh, hey, I do the same thing. I have that same personality trait, or I have, I, I have those mannerisms, or my voice sounds similar, or my eyes are the same color, my skin is the same tone. That's important. And so when somebody rejects us, especially when we really don't need anything from them other than that, just that connection, that's so, so painful, so painful. And I am so sorry that you are experiencing that. I hope that maybe over time he will come around and realize what that rejection does and and how wonderful you are and that it would be amazing to have you in his life and maybe take the opportunity to get to know you. I really hope that he does. Yeah, I hope the same. I don't know that it's going to happen. I mean, he's 77. Um, Who knows how long he has, you know, when you get up in your 80s, it's, who knows, you're getting older. Um, But I hope that someday he'll come around. I wonder if his family will come around more um, after he's gone. I think they're all kind of like, they don't want to step on Uncle Jim's toes or, you know, they just, they don't know what to do. So they're all kind of waiting it out. Um, so we'll see. But it, another crazy thing that I found myself doing when I found out was I felt like my whole identity was stripped from me. So I didn't know who I was. And I felt this uncontrollable urge <laughs> that I tell everyone I knew And even the people I don't know, anyone I just happened to be talking to, I felt like I needed to tell them, like, guess what just happened? My dad is not my dad. Now, most of these people probably wouldn't care, you know, like they didn't even know my parents. They don't know anything, you know, be my neighbor here in North Carolina. I'd be talking to them and I just felt the urge to say, hey, guess what I just found out? Well, they just have known me a couple months. They don't know anything about my past, my family, nothing. But I still felt like I was living this lie now. So I just felt like everyone, I, all my friends, all my family, all everyone, I just needed to share this. Like, this is who I am. I thought I was this person, but I am this person. Like, so you need to know who I really am. And it was the strangest feeling. I just couldn't even carry on a conversation because in my head, I'm saying, I have to tell them about myself. Like, I have to tell them that I, I'm not who they think I am, even though I was. It didn't change anything about me outwardly. But I just felt my whole world shifted and I needed to share. So when I shared my story publicly, it upset people and I just had to get over that. I'm like, I needed to do it for myself. I needed to be me and I am this new person now. I'm, I'm not getting rid of who raised me. I'm not changing any of that, that birth certificate father is still the one from my memories in my childhood. But it it's not what I'm made of. At least when you're adopted and you know you're adopted, you know there's that other family out there that you're part of. I didn't even know I was part of another family until overnight I learned I'm part of another family when I'm 51 years old. 
So it was just, it's a very strange circumstance to be in. And that was hard to figure out. I don't feel that overwhelming urge anymore. Um, But then again, I'm also public about it. So everyone who knows me pretty much knows the story. But it just made me feel so much lighter when I could get it out because I didn't, I felt like such a black sheep before. I felt like a black sheep my entire life. I didn't know why. And then holding this little secret, once I knew, that made me feel really terrible. Like I just felt like I'm this fraud and I needed to let people know who I was. So. Let me just clarify something. You are not a fraud and you never were a fraud. Your mother was a fraud. Yes. Keep telling yourself that. Those of us who make this discovery go through an identity crisis. It's real. And you want to scream it from the mountaintops. Yes. You feel like you're you screaming into the void because it's like no matter how many people you tell, if they haven't been through it, it's almost like it's falling on deaf ears because they just don't get it. They don't understand. And even if they want to, they don't know the right things to say, the right things to do to make you feel heard and understood and to help you through it. So everything that you were doing and feeling was normal and you're not alone in that. We all feel those things when we make that discovery. You're not crazy. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because my brother who I grew up with, he's just like so different than me. And we've had talks now that I question whether my dad is his father as well. And he, I think, has the same questions now, but he doesn't want to know the truth. And he thinks that he doesn't understand why I'm having a hard time with it because He just thinks like, who cares? Like, you don't know those. He calls them those people. And I'm like, but they're my fan. Like, that's my blood. And I get it that I have this other family. Like, it doesn't negate the other family I grew up with. It's just more family to me. And if they weren't rejecting me, I think it'd be a lot easier. The fact that they're rejecting me is making it harder. But it's just so weird that my brother, who I grew up my whole life with is so opposite of me. Like he, if, if he were to have found this out before me, he would care less. Like, I don't even think it would phase him. He'd be like, Oh, well, that's weird, but okay. You know, (laughs) my dad's still my dad and I don't want to know those people anyway. So it doesn't bother me. And that might be a guy girl thing too, but I've heard from many MPs that are male that also feel lost like I did. So I know it's not the case all around, but I think it's, women are a little more emotional at times. So that might have added to it. It's hard, I think, for some people to face the unknown. There's that fear of the unknown and there's that fear of changing the status quo. Yeah. And of having to face a completely different reality. That's a scary, scary thing. I mean, when we found out about this, I mean, it was shocking, absolutely jarring and life altering. Most people will say that have gone through this, I would have rather not ever had to feel any of those things. You know, that's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And so for some people, even if they have maybe that suspicion 
that maybe their father is not really their father. Some people just, they don't want to face that. It's just so much, you know, and it could be that he sees what you have gone through and how difficult it is and um, how life altering it is. And oftentimes emotionally consuming it can be. And maybe he's like, no, that's, I don't want to go there, you know? And that's understandable. It is. It's understandable. Now, speaking of siblings, um, through this discovery, have you found any half siblings? Yes. So my birth father had one other child, um, a boy, and um, he had him late in life. So he's 20 years younger than me. So he's the age, he's not much older than my oldest son. Um. Yeah, so it's very weird. And I was really worried that I didn't know the dynamics of my mom and him, my birth father. Like, I didn't know if my birth father was married because he was like 25 at the time. He could have been married, you know, back 50 years ago. Wouldn't it be unusual? Um, but he was not. So he was not with his current wife. He was in the Navy. After the Navy, he finished college. He met someone. He married her. They didn't have any kids. They then divorced, and he later met my half-brother's mother, who he's still married to. And that woman, my stepmom, wants nothing to do with me. She does not want him to have anything to do with me, not my brother, but my father. She does not want my father to have anything to do with me because she feels like they only have counted number of years left with them since he's 77 and they don't want me taking up their precious time with him is what he told me. And I just find that so selfish because she had two children before they married and he has been their stepfather and he is the grandfather to their children and he is part of their family, but she won't let me have that same piece of him. And he's my father so my half-brother um, was curious about me. He told me that he was he had told them the stepchildren of his want nothing to do with me. They just act like I don't exist, just like their mother. But my half-brother, I did reach out to him on social media privately, and he did respond, and we've communicated back and forth for the past year. But there's not a whole lot. I mean... I know it takes time and hopefully over time it will grow more. There's such an age gap and I've tried and he's super busy with his stage of life and I get all that, but he's also not asking me much of anything. So it's like, I want to know everything about them. I want to know, you know, what they've, how they grew up, you know, where they went to school, what they do in life, how they, you know, everything that you do when you get to know someone and, so I ask some of those questions and they'll answer me. He'll answer me. And then that's it. It's not like he says, oh, tell me about my niece and nephews or what'd you guys do? You know, like there's no, there's no trying to get to know my family. And so that's super hurtful to me because my family is everything to me. So I just feel like, and even when I had, I had one phone conversation with my birth father and he just. I, I was so nervous about it and then we had it and it thought it went well and it lasted a couple hours, I think. And he talked about talking again, but then come to find out he didn't want to speak to me again. And afterwards I'm like, you know what? 
He didn't ask me one question about his grandchildren. He didn't ask me anything. Everything that I told him was me doing nervous chatter and like saying, oh, you have a grandchild that this, this, and this. And he didn't ask one question about any of us. And so, you know, it's not like he said, oh, when did you get married? Tell me about your wedding or, you know, tell me anything. And so I said that to him afterwards. I sent him a message and I'm like, you know, I now I've realized that you don't want anything to do with me. And that's terrible. I go, shame on you. My kids deserve better. And um, I said, they're wonderful kids and you'll never know that now. And he just wrote me back and said, yeah, I'm sorry. It has nothing, nothing against you, but no, I don't want anything to do with you guys. And I just don't understand it. I just don't get why. And it's not just your kids that deserve better. It's you. You deserve better. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm all about my kids now. So that's what I care about. You know, I mean, I care about obviously myself too. I, I'm sad about it, but the mind boggling part to me is my kids. Like they're innocent in all this. I'm innocent in it. I didn't ask to be born. Um, but that's the other important thing to know is when I did talk to him that one time, he had no idea anything about how I learned about this or anything. And so as far as I knew, he had no idea about me until I popped up on ancestry. Well, no, he did know about me. Because my mom, who says she never thought of him again after that one night stand, contacted him and said she was pregnant. So he's telling me this thinking I knew that. I had no idea. So he's like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised to hear from you, but I'm really not because I knew about you because your mom contacted me and said she was pregnant and I offered to marry her. And he goes, and she told me she'd think about it and get back to me. And the next thing I heard, she was marrying your dad. So I just thought that she figured out that he was your dad, not me. And he went on with his life. That's what he said to me. So my mom, who never thought about him again until 51 years later, huh, you had a conversation with him and your whole family knew. So that's all a lie. So just own it. Own it now. Who cares? Nobody cares that you lied 50 years ago. Just own it. It's out in the open. But she refuses. She still says she had no idea and that my uncle was a liar for telling, making up the story and telling me or telling my cousin. And I'm like, how is he a liar? Even if he wasn't a liar, he wasn't lying about this. And my birth certificate dad said, well, just because it became the truth doesn't mean he wasn't a liar. Just because his lie happened to become the truth doesn't mean he wasn't telling a lie. I'm like, okay, that doesn't even make any sense. Um, so yeah, when, and I also found out from my biological paternal aunt that my mom sent Christmas cards to my paternal grandparents with pictures of me every year. And yeah, so she thinks that my grandparents told my paternal grandparents the truth so not only did my mom's family know, but we think there's no proof of it that my paternal father's parents knew um, as well. And the only ones who didn't know are my birth certificate family, <laughs> father's family. So I don't know. It's just so many lies. I just can't. I can't. It's too much. 
that that's what makes me angry. I'm not angry about the situation in itself. Things happen. I get it. But all the lies and the deceit and it just makes me angry and disgusts me. Like that just bothers me. The inability to accept accountability, you know? I mean, like you said, we all make choices. We make mistakes. I mean, teenagers have been having sex forever. forever. (laughs) It happens. It's part of life, right? Yeah. Teenagers don't make the best choices, right? And a lot of times it ends up with a pregnancy. And you know what? It's not the end of the world. It's not, you know, nobody is is faulting them for that. Um, but then don't lie about it. At least be honest with your child, you know, as soon as you possibly can, as soon as your child can understand, be honest about where they come from and give them that opportunity to know instead of waiting until their adult life um, for them to find this out from a total stranger or from another family member or just from randomly taking a DNA test for fun and making a shocking discovery. And then when that does happen, continuing to lie about it and um, not take accountability for your choices. And um, I, I just, I, it's, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it because it happened to me and I still can't wrap my mind around it. And um, I just, I really, it makes me very angry. It makes me very, very angry. It's just so, so wrong. As a, as a parent myself, and I'm sure the same for you as a parent, you know, I feel that one of the most important things is to always be honest with my child. She deserves that. She deserves that respect. She's the person that I love the most in this whole world. I can't ever imagine keeping something like this from my child or especially keeping something like this from my child. And then when she finds out the truth, then treating her like she's crazy, lying to her, turning family members against her, um, acting like I'm the victim. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head there. It's so disrespectful. Like, I feel so disrespected now um, that the lies are continuing to happen. And the fact that my mom and dad who raised me haven't even said I'm so sorry. Um, And then my you know, I had two uncles I mentioned on my mom's side and one of them had passed away a long time ago. That's the one whose daughter told me. And, um, my other uncle has not to this day, it's been over a year, hasn't said one word to me about it. And I was very close to his wife, my aunt. And so as soon as I found out, I called her and I felt like she needed to know who I am. You know, like I said, I needed to tell everyone And I asked her if she knew and she's like, oh, no, I had no idea. And she felt bad for me. And, you know, I think she said, I'm so sorry, but I don't know, it was weird. She's like, I will, I will ask her husband, my uncle, if he knew about this. I'm like, okay, I'm curious. She never responded to me. Months went by and I'm like, well, that's telling right in and of itself. The fact that she's never gotten back to me. So there were some other things that had come up from my mom 
after this discovery where she's trying to deflect and some other accusations and um, dramatic things came out about her family. And so I was avoiding my aunt because I don't feel right having information that could be important to somebody else without telling them. And it wasn't mine to tell. And so I had told my mom that she needed to figure out how we were going to handle this. Well, my mom then went into ignoring it too. And I, I wonder if my mom isn't just making up more things because she's trying to deflect. So I don't know what's true and what's not true, but I told her I was conflicted. So I finally talked to my aunt and my aunt doesn't want to know about it. And that's fine. I'm okay with that as long as she knows it's her choice. Um, but in these conversations that I'm now having with my aunt and how close I was to her, she's kind of just, again, not acknowledging what happened. And then not only was she not acknowledging it, but like I said, I went public with my story on social media and she got upset with me about it. And I was, again, once again, dumbfounded. I'm like, what? So my cousin heard it, tells her brother, my other cousin, who tells their dad, my uncle, who tells my aunt, who then goes on social media and looks at it and listens to it because I posted a podcast with me telling my story. And now they're all upset with me because how dare I air our dirty laundry, apparently. Oh, but it wasn't just that. The thing that they're upset about, my aunt tells me, is that I didn't give my parents credit for raising me. But that wasn't even what the story was about. Like, so I was, I, I didn't even know what to say. And so I'm, I'm hurt by it. But I'm like kind of trying to make excuses for it now because that's how I am, always trying to fix everything. And I hang up with her and I'm thinking, no, this is not okay. I am not going to be that person anymore. I'm not going to let people walk all over me. If I'm upset about something, I'm going to tell people that they've hurt me. So I did. I told her that hurt me a lot. Like, I don't need people to take sides. I don't need you to take my side or mom's side. I just need you to be there for me, your niece. I need you to say, I'm so sorry you're going through this. Are you okay? And so the fact that my cousin went behind my back to like go talk about it and be upset with me. And now my uncle's mad at me. I'm like, I don't need any of you. So I don't talk to any of them anymore because I chose that. Because if you can't be supportive of me and my life, I'm a good person. I'm not out to hurt anybody, but I'm not out to be walked over anymore either. And if you don't like me because I'm telling the truth, then that's on you. And so here's my angry side, as you can hear from my voice. Like, this is where I get angry. I don't like that people are making me feel bad for something I have no part of. I'm just me. And I just want to be my true self. And so I'm cutting, I, I, I don't have time for people that can't be there for me anymore. And it makes me sad to cut them out of my life. And I know you should always be there for your family, but if your family's going to treat you rotten, then they don't deserve to be in your life anymore. And so I choose to be around people that lift me up and love me for who I am and my truth. And that's what I'm doing. I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. 
<laughs> I think we all need to do the best we can to be our true selves. That's all we can do. It shows so much emotional strength and maturity on your part to be able to, to see that and to be able to protect your mental health because that's what you're doing. You're protecting your mental health. And that's important because nobody else is going to do it for you. Yeah. I mean, to have your parents walk out of your life because you ask them to apologize to you and to work on your relationship is just unbelievable. Like I can't, I know it happens, but I never, I just can't imagine ever it happening. I would never do that. So it's so shocking to me still that that's happening in my life. But, um, you know, my, my dad that I grew up with, he called me one day last fall because of this whole thing that my mom brought up where I was saying, I don't know what to believe anymore, the deflection. And he was threatening me to not share this because it's not my place and I'm going to destroy lives. I'm like, well, I didn't do anything. So if I, I'm not doing anything, these lies are destroying lives, not me. So you can't blame me. So after hours of back and forth on the phone with him about this, I said to him, and it wasn't going good. It, none of the conversation was good. And I said, listen, I said, before I took this call from you, I didn't even think I ever could care less if I ever spoke to you guys again. I didn't care. I didn't think I even cared if we fixed us anymore because I'm so dead to our relationship. I'm so numb. It's like a death has happened already. It's gone. It's over. I said, but I'm going to ask you one more time. I am begging you. I started screaming and crying into, we're on the phone and I'm screaming in my car. I was in the car driving and I'm, I'm just like screaming. I said, would you please, I'm begging you. I'm on my hands and knees from the depths of my soul, begging you to please work on our relationship. I said, as your daughter, because we've found out I'm not even his daughter. I'm like, as your daughter, for our family's sake, please. I'm begging you. I'm screaming at you through the phone. And he just interrupted me and he said, and I'm in deadpan, no emotion voice. And I'm begging you, don't ever ask me that again. And I said, I'm done. And I hung up on him. And I can't, I still can't believe, I'm, and I'm not even emotional about it. Like, I don't even care. I care, but I'm, I don't even, I'm not even sad about it because I'm so dead to them. But people are wondering, like, how can you not talk to your parents anymore? I'm like, who, who says that to their daughter? I, I told him I was on my hands and knees begging him from the depth of my soul to please, please just work on our relationship for our family. Don't ever ask me that again. Okay, bye. You know, like I can't. How do I be in someone's life that's going to treat me that way? You don't. You made the right choice. Yeah. They don't deserve to have you in their life. No. And I kind of, it's kind of how I am with my birth father too. If you're going to just cut me out because you don't want to waste time on me and you don't ask one thing about your grandchildren, then okay. Hopefully someone else in the family will want to get to know me. Um, you know, it makes me sad, but what kind of person are you that you wouldn't want? What do we, what kind of threat are we to you? We're no threat, <laughs> you know? So I, I just don't understand it. It's, 
it's really been an eye-opening experience this whole year, not only because it was so shocking, but then just the whole way it's unfolded is just more shock. Like I just, it's hard to understand why people act this way. What kinds of things are you doing in your life now to help you cope with all of the emotions and big feelings and, and trauma that come along with a discovery like this? So immediately when I found out, I sought counseling. Um, I found a counselor here and went in and even she's dumbfounded. You know, like <laughs> I don't think this is a normal thing that people come in and sit down in their chair and tell them. So she had a lot of questions for me. And um, but it's just for me, it's just helpful to talk it out with someone who's not going to be so condescending back or, you know, she just lets me say what I need to say, get it off my chest. And so I did that for a while. I felt like I was in a good place. You know, I wasn't crying about it all the time anymore. I was good as accepting, I guess is what I should say. I'd accepted it. And I went, moved on, you know, and I was just going, of course, we're in COVID and the pandemic and all that stuff. So it's been a crazy year. But um, then not long ago, I decided I wanted to go back because there's been other traumatic events in my life leading up to my cutoff from my parents, you know, just all anything. It's a trauma, I feel like, stays with you internally. And I have um, Lyme disease, and that was lingering, like I've been battling it for a number of years now. And I just felt like maybe I can't get past the hump of the Lyme. It's neurological, so it's in my brain and how I you know, think and whatever. And so I thought, well, maybe it's some of this trauma that I'm holding on to in my body that's keeping me from getting that final hurdle behind me to get over this Lyme disease. And so I went back to her and I said, okay, I went with my list. <laughs> I'm like, here is, I'm before we even say a word, I'm going to list all the things that I feel are traumatic from my life because I don't want to not bring something up. So I'm going to be brave right now and I'm going to list it all. So you have it. And then you need to ask me point by point so that we can just get it all out there so I can get past it and move on and be the healthiest I can be. So that's what I'm doing. And this was the number one topic that we started with was my paternity, but we're getting there. And I think that that's super important is to have that, um, person that you can talk your feelings through because if you bottle it up it's just going to eat you alive absolutely it's uh, corrosive right to hold all of that in and not be able to talk about it not be able to you know face it yeah have you made any new friends in the NPE community yes it's amazing how many people I meet and even outside of the community um, that I've met who have similar situations or a friend or a family member or it's crazy. Um, and plus, because I put it out there on social media, I had so many friends and people I know reach out to me, you know, not only just saying I'm so sorry, but also like, oh my gosh, guess who else had this happen to? Or, oh, this happened to me. Or oh my gosh, I was telling your story to someone and they told me this, would you talk to them? And so that's, I find that very therapeutic too. If I can help somebody else, that 
heals myself as well. So I'm, that's why I'm so transparent and open about it all, but it's, it's amazing how many similar stories are out there. And I have definitely connected with a few from the NP communities on social media as well. And I'm part of the groups and make comments and whatever, but I, I just find that helps me be a stronger person overall too. I feel the same way. So what made you want to share your story and put it out there? It was all about me. Like I said before, when I just felt like I was a big fat fraud, like I did not feel like myself anymore. So I just felt I needed to pull the bandaid off and let everyone know so I could be me. And then I felt whole again. It was like, I didn't feel like, it's so hard to explain, but I just felt like I put this mask on and I was all of a sudden this completely different person, even though I'm the same person I was yesterday, you know, but I didn't feel the same. And so I, I just feel transparency is so important. Um, Not everyone feels that way, but it was very important to me. So I needed to get it out there so that I felt at home in my own skin again, because that was all ripped away from me immediately. It was, it was a very strange feeling, but I just needed to tell my truth so I can move forward. Because otherwise I just, I couldn't, I couldn't think about anything else until I did that. And if there are other people in this community who have made this discovery or who may make the discovery in the near future, um, and they relate to your story um, and would like to reach out to you, is there a way that they can do that? Yeah. Um, again, I'm a very open book. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Any questions? Um, I'm on Facebook mostly for social media. I do have other accounts, but I don't really go to them very often. So my Facebook name is Mindy with a like the title of my podcast here, spelled M-Y. N-D-I. My maiden name was Morrison. And then my last name, married name is Fitzgerald. So on Facebook, I'm M-Y-N-D-I Morrison Fitzgerald. And that's how you could find me. Um, And my email address, if you want to email me, is, I'll say it first, The Seven Fitzes, because there's seven Fitzgeralds. So it's T-H-E number seven, F-I-T-Z as in zebra, S as in Sam at yahoo.com. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that. So if you're listening and you really relate to Mindy's story and you would like to reach out, please feel free to do that. She's absolutely wonderful to talk to. Mindy, I want to thank you for sharing your story today. You're telling your truth. And I know it takes a lot of bravery to do that. I hope that it will become a comfort to other people who are going through this. Um, And I hope that we can stay in touch and that we can be friends now because I relate to you so much. So many things that you said resonate with me. And um, I feel like sometimes you're speaking my own words um, and you've gone through very similar things in your story that I have. So I hope that we can keep in touch. Um, and I feel like I've made a new friend in this community. 
I feel the same. I'm so thankful for people like you doing stories like this because, you know, the day I found out I had no idea and then I didn't even know these things existed. So I just kind of happened upon these. And as I did, I couldn't, couldn't get enough of it. Like I'm listening to podcasts and reading books and on Facebook groups and, you know, just as much as I could get, I was soaking it in, but it was part of the healing you know, listening to other people's stories really helped me get through my own. Yeah, because it's like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm yes. not alone. There's other people out there that are going through this and I feel understood and I feel heard. Yes, definitely. I've come to feel the same way. I'm glad. Thank you so much for listening to this episode today. If you're a parent who has not been honest with your child about their true parentage, I urge you to share the truth with them. Withholding this information for any reason will drastically affect your relationship and your child's mental health down the road. If you're not sure the best way to reveal the truth, there are qualified therapists that can help you communicate in a healthy way. Our lives are enriched by having parents who are honest with us. Honesty saves a great deal of pain in the future, and it fosters an environment of trust and genuine intimacy between parents and children. The trauma of discovering a non-paternal event later in life is something that no one asks for or deserves. We have a right to know where we come from, know our true ancestry, and our mental and physical health history. And while sometimes it's said that the truth can be a double-edged sword, it's far more harmful and damaging to withhold it from the people we love. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, please email thesecretinmydna at gmail.com. You do not have to give identifying information, and if you prefer to share your story anonymously, names can be changed or abbreviated for privacy purposes. To hear more amazing DNA discovery stories, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at anchor.fm slash The Secret in My DNA. The Secret in My DNA also has a Facebook page where our guests can share photos and updates of their journey, so please go give it a like and a follow. I'm your host, Michelle Perret. Thank you for listening.